listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Hey, this is Scott Love with the Rainmaking Podcast. Thanks for joining me on the show. Our guest today is John Kormanick. John is a coach, not just in terms of business development, but also holistic coaching just for lawyers. He's a former trial attorney, and he's got some great ideas that I would say are definitely out of the box, but I think that can help you in really identifying your client. And that's our topic for today, how to identify your ideal client and why. As always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions Legal Intelligence Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. Thanks for listening, and I hope you get some great ideas from my discussion with John Kormanick today. Hey, this is Scott Love with the Rainmaking Podcast. Our special guest today is John Kormanick, and our topic is how to identify your ideal client and why. John, thanks for joining me on the show. Scott, it is awesome to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember meeting you at my provisors group. I thought you had some great insight. I thought it was interesting that you coach just lawyers, even though the concepts to those listening are malleable. They, I'm sure that they can apply to different industries and all that. But tell me this, we're talking about how to identify your ideal client and why. Let's start with the why. Why do you think those professionals that are in the business of selling professional services, specifically legal services, why should they do this? Because quite simply, if you're not targeting one person, you're not targeting anybody. Put another way out there in the marketing world, if you're selling to everyone, you're selling to no one. And so it's so critical to have your ideal client in mind. I like that. If you're selling to everyone, you're selling to no one. And so tell me then, I know you've mentioned, I've heard you talk about the word avatar before. Uh, What does that mean? What's Kind of help me get my arms around these definitions. What does that mean exactly? You bet. So when we go into business for ourselves, whether we're a lawyer in a law practice uh, that is a true solo, whether we're an attorney who's in a large firm, our law practice is ours. Or if we're any other service-based professional, CPAs, doctors, things like that, our ideal client is just that. It's the person or entity that we would most want to work with. If we had a magic wand and we had a roster full of client type A, we would be in our best place to perform our best work and go home at the end of the day and be completely satisfied. Okay. And so are we looking at categorizing them based on industry, size of company, privately owned, publicly held by title? Are they a C-suite executive or are they in-house counsel? What are kind of the different attributes that we want to narrow down when we define this ideal avatar? Exactly. There are three main categories that we break it down into. One is geography. Okay, great. Do Uh Do we have a local practice? Do we have a regional practice? Do we have a national practice? Do we have an international practice or business? So number one is geography. Number two is demographics. Mm -hmm. Who are they? How old are they? Do they have kids? Are they married? Where do they hang out? That type of analysis. Number three is 
psychographics, right? Psychographics is who are they? What TV shows do they like to watch? What do they read? What online content do they consume? Those types of things. And if you get those three areas, geography, demographics, and psychographics down, you will then have your ideal or avatar client clearly defined. And Scott, you know, sometimes the avatar client, as you mentioned, could be in-house counsel. Right. It doesn't necessarily even have to be the end client. It could be, hey, these are the people that I want to network with to create clients. So they become your avatar mm-hmm. referral source or avatar client in that way. So geography, demographics, and psychographics, who are they? Interesting. So do you think when people start this exercise, are they coming up with one type of avatar or could there be three to four? that could fit. What do you think? Yeah, there could easily be three or four, especially if, again, you know, kind of going back to the the legal space, depending on your practice area, they could have an avatar client specifically to their trust and estates practice or their white collar criminal defense practice. Depending on what practice areas they're in, they could have different avatars for each one of those areas. Okay, great, great. You know, it's interesting because I actually did this several years ago. I had a colleague that worked with me. She used to be a lawyer. She became a legal recruiter. And we found that there were certain types of people that we were recruiting that were really what we wanted. And we gave them names based off of the person that they reminded us the most of. Uh, There's this one candidate. He was bald. So I said he had a really good haircut. So we called him haircut. So that was the (laughs) avatar name that we gave to a candidate that had a big book of business and was very cordial and very eager to move. We said, we're going to call him Haircut. And so that was what we said. We want to find someone called Haircut. Have you ever seen people do that before where they name the avatars? 100%. 100%. And it helps, you know, at the end of the day, we're all busy professionals. And part of our profession is creating clients. We don't create clients. There's no business. And so... Any way that you can name a client, name an avatar, and have it kind of be shorthand in your head, right? okay, this is who I'm talking to, or this is who I'm looking for in this room, whether it's a physical room or a Zoom room, this is who I'm looking for. And then you can kind of have those shorthands in your mind to make quick connection. That's good. Have you seen them name them after people? Like, I want them to be a Jenny. I love Jenny. She's my best client. And I want everybody to be a Jenny. Oh, here's another person. This is another Jenny. Have you ever seen that before? I have. And I, I will tell you that I, I'd much rather a client have haircut, kind of the generic. <laughs> okay. And Jenny, because Jenny may in our mindset not translate very well to, for example, a dude, right? Yeah, and, right, right. And that the person who identifies as male Maybe the perfect Jenny, but we have this block in our head. Well, that can't be Jenny, right? So right. <laughs> go, with the, go with the haircut, not with the Jenny. I okay, got it. Yeah, we actually developed that uh, kind of along the lines of what you're talking about to where we actually came up with nautical, or maybe not nautical, <laughs> but fish references. Like we had a whale. Here's a partner yep. with a big book of business that wants to move. Here's a dolphin. Pretty fast, wants to move, but not a big book of business. Then we had the shark. This is the guy that... We don't want to talk to. And then we had the Nemo that said they're interested, but they disappear. And so we kind of came up with a creative way 
to make it fun and interesting, but you knew exactly who was that person, how do they fit in the prioritization of which clients. So have you seen people do this, like where this is the inner circle, this is exactly what we want. This might be a level two, someone that we will work with, but it's not our ideal. And then a level three that we'll take this if we can't get anything else. Have you seen people prioritize it that way before? 100%. And I talk with my clients all the time about this is an avatar. This is an ideal. This is something to work towards. It's not a light switch, right? You're not going to identify your avatar today and tomorrow have a practice full of them. That's not how it works. Right. The reason that you identify it is so that you always have something to move towards. Okay. How close is this? How close is this client? And am I willing to work with this client knowing how close they are? Those are kind of the touch points or the decision points. And and it takes us from being almost reactionary in any client that comes in, I will work with you, to no. I kind of have, you got to kind of be special to work with me. I've mm-hmm. earned the right, especially as a lawyer or any other professional who's opened their own business, who's an entrepreneur, you have earned the right to work with people you want to work with. And that is not everybody. If you're being honest with yourself, that is not everybody. So what do you think are the big pitfalls that people fall into or the challenges they have with this? And what you're saying, it makes perfect sense, John. I think it's brilliant. And when people are starting to do this, what's keeping them from being effective? What are the pitfalls they have to watch out for? Yeah, there's two things. The first is when I work with my clients on this and I ask them for some of the characteristics of their ideal or avatar client. The first thing that comes to their mind is the ability to pay. That is not a characteristic of an avatar client. Okay. Why is that? That is because that's the price of admission. That's just the price of admission. Okay. So that is not a characteristic of an avatar client. That's a given. That is not on your avatar client list. The other thing, the other pitfall that my clients struggle with, and most quite frankly, most entrepreneurs struggle with, is we have this scarcity mindset, which means, well, I have to take this client. And that may or may not be true. It depends on your circumstance. But most of the time, I would venture to say it's not. And here's why I say that. Because every client that is really far away from your avatar that you say yes to, you have to say no to other things. Yeah. Meaning that if you take that client, you know, there's this theory out there it's that 20% of clients create 80% of headaches. Mm. And if you take and you're playing in that 20% of non-ideal clients, your headaches are tremendous. The work required is exorbitant. Right. It's not expected. They they require a lot from you. And that takes away from your ability to network and be out in the world creating your ideal clients. Yeah. So when we come from a scarcity mindset, it's really a challenge. And I work with people to take them from a scarcity mindset to an abundant mindset, from mm-hmm. a, 
oh my goodness gracious, I don't know where my next client's going to come from. I have to take this client to, yeah. I am a CEO. This client is not close enough. I can make that call and be comfortable with it and move on to somebody who is closer to my ideal and mm-hmm. work that way. So what have you seen are certain trends related to this? Is this something that people are much more aware of nowadays? Is it something that they're not as aware of? What, what are the trends associated with this? Well, A, I don't think people are, are as aware of it as they could be, number yeah. one. I don't think they're as aware of it as they should be. And even if they are aware of it, they don't keep it top of mind when they're doing client creation activities. Mm. They stray from it. It, you know, creating and identifying your avatar is your North Star. It should always direct your activities 100% of the time. Look, we all want to connect. We all want to be friendly. We all want to do things that make us feel good. And I get that, right? We're human beings. We want to be part of a tribe. I understand. I also know that we have 168 hours in a week. And if you are spending time with people who will not drive your business, you have to make that decision consciously. And then you have to suffer or accept the consequences. Mm-hmm. I will go, you know, for example, you're offered to go to a lunch with someone. Well, that's 60 minutes of my time. Maybe, maybe 120 with travel. Depends on where right. you are, depends on what you're doing. If that's the case, and that client is, or that referral, potential referral source or things like that, they are not in your avatar space, then that's not really a very good investment of your time. Yeah, you're you absolutely may be right. better off. You may be better off just having a Zoom coffee. Hey, let's have a Zoom coffee. 15 minutes, no travel time. Yeah. We can connect. I can satisfy my need for connection and service. I can find out a little bit about you, and we can move on from there. Um, I like how, so I like how you said it's a North concept. Star. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's a good way for people to think of that. And that's that's brilliant. I really like that a lot. What have you seen are lessons that you've learned from COVID? How do you think COVID has helped people in being able to really identify and stick with this prioritization? Yeah. You know, COVID, as with many things about COVID, it's a blessing and a curse. And here's what I mean by that. It's a blessing because we can connect with a lot of people, right? We've gotten Mm -hmm. comfortable with remote connection. So that's the blessing. The curse is we can connect with a lot of people. (laughs) And so it's figuring out how to best invest your time with the ability to connect that we have to create the results that you want to help you move your business forward. Yeah, right. So what's one thing that you've learned as you've been teaching people? What's something that you've learned that's been very surprising as you've been coaching people in this area, John? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is when one of my clients really understands this and gets it, it totally changes their mindset around creating clients. They go from dreading it to cherishing it, looking forward to it, And that changes their business. And because Mm. it changes their business, it changes their life. Just this one area. 
That's great. So, so tell me an example of someone that you've worked with. You don't have to mention their name. What was their practice like before they understood this concept? How did they go through this in terms of the arc, in terms of what steps did they take? And then how did that impact them? What was the result? Not just in their business, but I like the way you said that it, it affects their whole life. Give me a story. Yeah. Okay. So I was working with a partner in a 35 attorney firm. He came to me specifically to grow his book of business. One of the first things I asked him was, what are you doing with your 168 hours? Because the grind is just a lie. Uh, in my in my perspective. So I asked him what he was doing with 168 hours in a week. He said, well, I'm working 14 to 16 hour days. I'm not taking care of myself. My, I don't have any relationships, all that stuff. So the first thing we worked on was his ability to delegate and trust his team, build a team that he could trust and trust the team to get stuff off of his plate. After we did that, I had him set a really big five-year goal. And the reason that I know it was big is because he had to redo it about six times. Because every time he came back to me, I asked him a question. Why so small? Because we think we create these five-year goals thinking that we are going to be the same person. It's just five years down the road. And that's a lie as well. We're going to be different. We're going to have different knowledge, different skills, and different experience. So he came back to me after the sixth time. He's like, John, this really scares me. I said, okay, great. We're in the right spot. (laughs) And then... We worked on who his avatar client is, who he could get in front of to speak with. And so I was asking him, you know, what hobbies do you have? What do you like to do? And, and he, the connection wasn't being made yet. And so he went through the client avatar exercise and several times, and kind of the same kind of question. Is this really your ideal client? And came to the conclusion that because he was a tax lawyer, and a coin collector. He had been collecting coins with his dad. It was a hobby that they had. Right. There are these coin shows and you know high-end wow. things. Yeah. And there are tax consequences for coin collecting. So he came to the conclusion that by identifying his avatar client, that was a space that he could play in that he was just so comfortable with. Mm-hmm. It was easy for him. It didn't feel like work. It didn't feel like marketing. It didn't feel like sales. It didn't feel like any of that stuff. It felt like I'm going to have conversations about people that I want to provide value to. They can become my clients and that would be fantastic. That's how That's it great. worked. Yeah. And I got to tell you, Scott, at, he hit his target, his five-year target that was really big in nine months. Holy cow. Wow. wow. And out of life, was was leaving work at a reasonable hour, three days a week. Never got to five while I was working with him, although he's gonna he's coming back. Three days a week, he was leaving work so he could go and work out or go and socialize and do all that kind of stuff. That's great, John. That's fantastic. And just that one concept. Of just really that under- one concept. Understanding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm a believer. I'm a believer... I like what you say. I know it's going to impact my business. I hope it'll impact the listeners also. Kind of help us get some structure to this. If we were going to look at three action steps, John, that people can take to get started, what would those three action steps be? Well, number one, continue listening to these podcasts. They're so (laughs) important, right? Continue listening to Scott's podcast. You're going to get value every time. That's number one. Number two, go to my website, 
and that's just my name. It'll be in the show notes. Yep. That's johnrcormanick.com. And you can check out what I do. Number three is I'm creating a download for your listeners. It's going to be at johnrcormanick.com forward slash avatar. You'll be able to download your own avatar worksheet. It'll oh, take great. you through the steps. The one thing that I didn't mention here that the avatar worksheet has is what will defining your avatar client for your business mean for your life? That mm. is the first question because staying tied to that will keep you headed towards that North Star, keep you going in that direction. So do that download, complete it. If you want to have a conversation with me, there's going to be a link in the download itself. You can schedule a complimentary discovery session with me. That's great, John. I appreciate you sharing this. And like you said, you said we're going to put those links in the show notes here. So for all of you listening, make sure you check that out. We'll also put other contact information for John on there as well. And John, tell us a little bit more about your coaching. Tell us more about what you'd like our listeners to really know about you besides what you've talked about so far. You bet. I only coach lawyers one-on-one. That's who I am. That's my model so that lawyers can come and be 100% open and vulnerable because lawyers, we're proud people. And I say we because I practiced law, as you know, for 24 years. Uh, Owned a law firm for 16. I know the pride and the ego that is involved with being a lawyer. So it's all one-on-one coaching. But I don't coach every single lawyer. I have my avatar. (laughs) And here's my avatar, right? It is a law firm owner, or a managing partner, or a partner who's on the managing partner track. That's something that they want to do. Yeah. They, the world says that they're successful, but that when they wake up in the morning and they look in the mirror, they think that there's another gear. They can do more. Yeah. They can have a better life. Those are my folks. Folks who want to reinfuse passion and purpose into their career. Those are my folks. Folks who want to live with more joy and intention. Those are my lawyers. So if that sounds like you, hit me up. I'd love to have a conversation. That's great, John. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. I learned a lot here in the short time we had you on. I've got my action steps ready to go. And uh, thank you so much for being a guest on our show, John. It's my pleasure, Scott. Thank you so much for having me. Take care and be well. Thank you for listening to The Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.